Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's today's message. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here with all of you guys today. Um, Again, happy Mother's Day for like the 15th time. We're the most hospitable church. Um, So what I want to talk about today, excuse me, um, I was uh, participated this past spring, um, and this is kind of going to form what I want to speak about. I participated this past spring in one of our discipleship groups, which is a great place to connect in with other people in our church body and uh, read the word and study over it and kind of discern it for yourself. And, and um, we, we watched a talk by a pastor named Dave Kinneman. And he is the president of Barna Group, which is like a research study group that just polls millions of people and asks them questions about um, Christianity and the perception of Christianity and spirituality. And he said a couple of things that really struck me that I kind of want to talk about today, um, sort of as a quest for truth, uh, spiritual truth, God's truth in our lives. And so the first question, or the first statement, rather, their statements, he said is, um, I'm on a quest for spiritual truth. And actually, 77% of Christians agreed with that. And 68% of religious non-Christians, so other, other faiths, agreed with that. And 25%, about a quarter of people who would consider themselves to be atheist or agnostic, said, yes, I am on a quest or a journey for spiritual truth. And the second statement is, whatever is right for your life or works best for you is the only truth you can know. And of all the adults polled, about 57% agreed with that. My truth is the best truth. Um, 74% of millennials agreed with that and identified with that. Um, (laughs) And then, but this was the shock to me, 41% of us practicing Christians said, yes, my truth is still better. And so I want to kind of frame what I want to talk about today, this quest for truth and what it is and what it's supposed to do in our lives and how we can kind of surrender to that. And so I want to I start there. And we know that there is definitely this trend today where people are ex, um, a little bit um, hesitant. You know, we t- we're turning inward toward truth, but we're a little bit hesitant to external sources of truth and authority. I don't know if you, you know, in the news or, or the, what the government has to say or even what church says or what scripture says, sometimes we're a little bit resistant to that and skeptical, and I totally understand that, but you're sitting in this seat today, and so you knew that we were going to talk about the gospel of Jesus and the power that it has for your life, okay? That means you and I are a lot alike because we're here because we want something to change. We want something to improve. We want something to be different, and nothing, um, there is, there's a lot of voices out there, but there is no hope um, or there's no lasting promise like the voice that Jesus has what he wants to speak to you, okay? So kind of that's where we're going to begin, but I have a question. Does anybody remember that show from the early 90s, Rescue 911? Come on. Love that show. Um, I can still, like, hear the music and see the intro, but I loved, I loved that show as a kid because I really like narratives, and I loved to see the people, the narrative of the person being rescued like, how did you get in that situation? You know, nine-year-old kid in a drain pipe. Or, or um, I loved as well the narrative of the first responder, that person um, that comes, you know, to save them, the narrative of the doctor, you know, the heart of a rescuer. And that's why I love God, because that's his heart for us, okay? So 
One thing I think is interesting, I like to observe, you know, in those, like, doctor shows, how people respond to treatment. Like, what's our attitude, okay? Um, some of us are cooperative and willing, and then other times we're a little bit afraid or combative um, and sometimes influenced by some other things. Um, so, so I think we can all agree that being a patient is a really vulnerable place to be, um, we, we trust when we call, you know, for help. We trust these people. And they're essentially strangers, but we trust that they are equipped, um, that they know how to save us, that they know how to help us, that they, that they are knowledgeable and know what they're doing. And sometimes, I mean, it's vulnerable because sometimes it's a little shocking because sometimes they cut your clothes off to, like, see how bad you're bleeding or maybe prevent you from hypothermia, okay? So my husband's laughing because there's a story there. Anyway. So my question as we're, as we're talking is what kind of patient or what kind of, what kind of patient am I? What kind of patient are you? Is God calling you today to trust him um, in a way or through an experience that you'd rather not be having? Um, I don't know if you're, if, there's some, if you're wondering what to do or who to talk to about something that might be festering or causing you pain. If it's a relationship with a parent and a child, it's Mother's Day or with a spouse, or if there's something in your life, a broken thought pattern, or I don't know what it is for you, but I want you to think about that situation, that scenario, or maybe it's anger, or maybe it's depression, or fear, or whatever is gripping you and affecting your family in such a bad way. Um, I just want you to think about that thing, and I want you to take, um, I want you to take the posture of a child, and we're going to think, you know what, kids know what to do um, when there's a problem. They know when to call 911. And they trust that those people are going to come and they're going to help them, okay? They're going to show up, and we're going to do that. We're going to actually behave like children, okay? And we're going to allow God to speak to us, and we're going to um, sit on that cold, sterile gurney of, like, some part of our life that we just, we wish was so different. Um, And we're going to allow him, we're going to trust that he's in control and um, that he has the power to save us, okay? So let's just pray first. God, um... Would you just lead us on our quest this morning for your truth? Would you just reveal to us the eternity that you have placed inside us from the beginning to know you, God? Penetrate the hardest and the deepest places of our hearts with your message of love and of truth. In Jesus' name. Okay. So, um, when we're going through something, I really believe that scripture is so vital to know um, because... um, understanding the character and the nature of God actually defines who we are. Um, it speaks to our identity as children, um, that God, and, and, and that's so powerful because God will do anything for his children. Wouldn't you do anything for your child? Okay. So, and we bear the image of our maker. Um, scripture is full of, of what we are called. I mean, just a, just a handful, beloved, chosen, no longer slaves, citizens of heaven, co-heirs with Christ, holy, righteous, redeemed, more than conquerors, okay? We are, we are like who we are right now is actually not who we're meant to really be, <laughs> okay? So what you see is not what you're supposed to really get. <laughs> um, we're, we're to conform and look like Jesus, who said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And he lived his life fully knowing who he was. And so when we believe that Christ is who he said he is, then we can know who we are because he tells us. Okay, so fall in love with what Jesus says about you. Okay, one of the scriptures that I love so much is Hebrews 4.12. 
how to apply it, you know, we're going to apply this scripture today. For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So this, yes, the word of God is going to show us as sinners all that's in our hearts. And I don't know about you, but mine's not, it's not that good. <laughs> okay, it's going to sift through every part of your life, all right? And one of the things that it's important to be aware of is that Satan's greatest activity among believers is to malign our Heavenly Father's character any way he can. And so we need to understand that the Word of God is a weapon, and it's a weapon so that we can slay those lies. It's a tool that we need to use so that it can help us cut the sin out of our life. And it's a scalpel to gently and carefully correct. And, and God uses it like that a lot. And I try to be mindful of that as a parent um, when I'm correcting my kids. Not always. Because I had a son who didn't want to get a shirt on today and leave the house. He was laying on the floor. Um, so, and I love guarantees. Does anybody love, like, guarantees? You want to buy something? If it doesn't work, you want to take it back? That's awesome, my husband. I love you. So, <laughs> but it's a promise. God's word's a promise. And I love the promise that Paul Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, you accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is, um, and this word continues to work in you who believe. Friends, there is a connection between the power of God at work in your life and your, your, your faith. Um, it's happening, it's ha happening inside you even when you don't see it happening out there. Um, it's happening internally first. Okay, so I want us to expect that God wants to speak to us and lead us as his beloved because that's who he is and that's who we are. And so I want us to accept it and thank thankfully accept it with that kind of a heart. And um, so I also want us to understand that the purpose of the word is to transform us on our journey, a lifelong journey of faith with the Lord. Um, I want to speak from John 17, which is one of my favorite texts. <clears throat> It's when Jesus is praying um, for his disciples before he gets arrested in the garden. And it's so rich and so long, and I'm only going to do a short part. But um, if you have the time this week to kind of go back over it slowly, it'll really minister to you. Um, because the intimacy between Jesus and God in this prayer is, is mind-blowing. Okay, so in John 17, 1, Jesus says, glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. We're just going to read it, and then I'll, and I'll speak a little bit about it. I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with joy. I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who are going to believe in me through their message. Okay? So right off the bat, verse 13, he's told us everything so we can have joy. Christ's words are never wasted. Okay? In fact, the purpose of his words is for our joy. And we need it because it's going to get rough as you go through the rest of the text. I want, I, I don't know about you, but I want the good news in my life to actually be appealing to someone else. Okay? I want it to actually look like good news. Um, verse 14, this world's not our home. We know that. Passing through. 
in 15, Jesus, Jesus knows the difficulty. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out. He, he knows the difficulty that we're going to endure, and our, he knows our weakness, and he actually doesn't ask us to be spared it by death. But in verse 17, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word. He is saying, God, give them what they need, not what they want. We are holy by his truth, okay? He's not, he's not, our Savior is not petitioning our Heavenly Father in Heaven for, for us to feel approval or for us to feel at ease or for us to be understood, okay? He's, he doesn't ask for us to have money. He's not asking for us to have status. He's not asking for us to have a nice house and children that fit this mold. He's not asking for those things. He asks us to be kept from sin. That means holiness is so important, Okay, striving to live a godly life is going to bring some opposition from your enemy. We know that. But you know what? In verse 18, it says that he came, he was sent, and he's sending us out. Jesus had a purpose, okay, to be the holy sacrifice for us. He was completely devoted and dedicated to God, and, and that is how he achieved that. That's how he accomplished it. And we have a purpose too. We are actually set apart for God to know him just like Jesus did. The intimacy of the prayer in 17 is not just for our Savior. It's for us to feel like that way with our Lord. When we can model that and we can say, God, this is hard. Would you protect me by your word? Would you protect me from the enemy? Okay, because of God's grace and the fullness of his spirit, we have the ability to reflect Christ. Okay, when it's hard, when other people don't like it, when your kids are sick puking for a whole week, when the car breaks down, if you lose your job, okay? Um, all of this is actually to advance the kingdom of God, <laughs> all right? <laughs> we're to be holy like Christ, and by Christ we're made holy. Scripture says, cleansed by the washing with the water through the word, all right? Um, the relentless pursuit of holiness and purity in our lives glorifies God, and holiness doesn't serve itself, Okay, it serves a higher purpose that's achieved even in the face of suffering. So my thought to you is, and a bit of a challenge is, how can you pursue holiness in your life today? Is there something you need to add in? Do you need to make church attendance a priority? Do you need to reshuffle your work schedule to figure that out? I don't know. Do you need to spend more time in the Word? Do you need to connect with other believers? Do you need um, to get on your face and repent before the Lord about some stuff that's a challenge? I don't know what that looks like for you if you need to add something. But if you're going to add something, I think God's probably calling us to take something away as well. What is detracting you from pursuing God completely unfettered and untangled? Maybe it's ESPN. Okay, in light of God's transformative truth, I have a story, okay? Um, so I have four children, um, seven, five, four, and two, and um, our oldest daughter, Penny, she broke her arm, like, completely right before Christmas, just totally. She was just playing at the house with another friend. It was an accident. But it was a pretty tense situation, and, um, you know, between my husband and I as we're trying to figure out what to do, and I thought, literally thought for a more than a minute, because I text somebody about this, and I said, I think it's just lo dis dislocated. I bet I could just pop it right back in. Let me just Google this, is what I actually said, okay? Um, so that would have caused, if I stop and look back, so much unnecessary injury and pain to somebody, to my child that I love, okay? Hear me out. Some things can be easily healed and set with a cast, Okay, other things, other wounds or other trauma, 
other things, I don't know, betrayal or disappointment or dependence on something or grief, it's not so easy, okay? Maybe what we think is right for our life, maybe our truth that we're living is actually causing us more harm than good. Um, Are we suffering or we feel like we're suffering? Are we suffering for the cross or are we suffering because of a sin situation in our lives that we just need to deal with, we need to take to the Lord? Self-treating and self-soothing our situation, they, they seem beneficial, all right? Um, we may be enslaved to some pleasurable habits, so it may actually seem like we love our slavery. Um, but the truth, the truth sets us free from our sin, and, those, and even those who sin against us or wrong us or slight us. And that freedom in Christ is happiness. So friends, don't mistake it. Being a slave to the pleasant addictions in your life is actually bondage. Um, so, so if we know all of this, where's the power? Well, the power is actually pursuing the Lord and understanding what a living relationship with God is, and that's in the presence of the Spirit. And the Spirit is all throughout Scripture. There's so, it was there at the beginning, hovering over the waters. It was there with the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb. It was there when, um, when he was baptized, came down like a dove. It was there when he was tempted by the enemy in the desert, okay? It was there. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit when he commenced his public ministry, and he did signs and wonders and miracles, okay? Um, Jesus spent time with, the, with his father. He, he retreated in, to the dark places and the quiet places, and he prayed, and he spent time with the Lord. And he also napped a lot during storms. So I have four children, and I would like to do that in my house, Lord. But I want to look at Luke 11, and I want to talk more about Jesus' words, okay? Because they are going to be a source of joy for us, just like he said they would be. Um, Luke 11, 9 through 13. Jesus encourages us to be persistent in prayer, all right? And he promises us the Holy Spirit if we ask, He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course we don't do that. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I see see two people's hearts here. I see the heart of God, which is the ultimate parent, that good and loving Father in this text. His his, His character is revealed here, and I think that we can relate because as parents, we want to give everything good to our children, all right? But I'm talking more than just like salad and lean protein, <laughs> okay? I want to nourish my kids and support them and lavish on them everything that will prosper their walk with Jesus, okay? Because someday they're not going to depend on me anymore. They're going to depend on him fully and completely, all right? But Jesus, the heart of Jesus, he also understands because he's persistently saying, pursue the Holy Spirit in prayer. Keep asking, keep asking, and you will receive. Keep seeking. Don't give up. Keep knocking. The door is going to open. He, you know, he understands our nature best because he had to repeat himself so many times because we're prone to what? I'm prone to fear. I'm prone to forget. I'm prone to doubt, okay? And, and, and I trust my Heavenly Father knows me and knows what I need because He's sending his Holy Spirit for us, and we need it to, um, to, to mature us 
and to direct us into God's love and into Christ's perseverance. So it's a gift to see us through. And once we have it, we can do things like live by the Spirit and follow the Spirit's leading in every area of our lives. We can walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? We're going to wrestle with our spirit, but we have power that God has given us. We're going to wrestle with our flesh, but we have the power that God has given us through his spirit. And so verse 13, I just pray, my prayer today is that you would really take hold of this for yourself and this power in your life, that God gives the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks him. All you have to do is ask, okay? He doesn't save, and this is what scripture tells us about the Holy Spirit, he doesn't save the healing or helping or counseling or ministering or wise or victorious or powerful presence of the Holy Spirit for like the spiritually elite or the advanced Christian with five degrees. I have none of those, by the way. So he, so what we need to do is remember to ask for help. All right, if anybody here, if anybody here is defeated or depressed or discouraged or lonely in their marriage or weary in their parenting or if you feel like you're falling to temptation, okay, or you're physically weak with disease in your body, Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Call on the name of Jesus, okay? I read this text all by myself, like in my own Bible reading about a year ago, and it just changed my life. I heard a pastor say one time, um, as dearly beloved children, so know who you are, okay? Um, As dearly beloved children of God, it's our honor and not our shame to ask the Holy Spirit for help in our lives, Okay, we are made to depend on God, and since we're fleshing out the lies today, if you believe anything else, it's untrue. It's a lie. We are made to depend fully on God. Um, so I want to share a couple of stories really quickly um, about how we can use this truth in our life. And, and I have um, a couple, like I said. Uh, one family illustration. I tend to have scripture around my home a lot just to keep it before me. And the current one of the moment is um, 1 Corinthians 13. You know, the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. And, um, and I have four kids, so I have a lot of modeling to do and I have a lot of correcting to do. And um, when I see a child struggling with an attitude or an action, I, I try to pull them aside and I say, hey, um, let's read through this together. And you tell me what your part is in this. What's your responsibility here? And oftentimes they know, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, can you, can you fix it? Can you go back and try again? Okay, yeah, sure, Mom. All right. So this gently and lovingly correcting with the word of truth in their lives. And God treats us the same way, okay. Um, he gave a lot of warnings to the Israelites in the Old Testament before it got really wild. Um. The other thing that I wanted to share is that I have a post-it note in my, in my um, kitchen sink above it um, on the window that's been there for about a year for me. And it says, um, satisfy my sweet tooth with your sweet lo- word, Lord. And so satisfy my sweet tooth with your sweet word, Lord. Hi, my name is Lindsay, and I am addicted to chocolate. Um, but <laughs> when I start to feel anxious, okay, or I feel tempted to doubt that God is healing Um, and fighting and winning all of my battles, I have to recognize that and I have to like fight offensively Um, and call out and confess all of the truths that have been written on my heart and my whole walk with Jesus at this point and and trust that he's healing, he's delivering me um, and he's freeing me from those harmful emotional patterns that seek to separate me from 
him and, and ultimately lead me into sin, okay? So sometimes it just looks like, okay, God, I know you're the living water. I'm going to thirst in you, Lord God. I know that no temptation has seized me except what is common to man, God. And I know that you're so faithful. You're going to show me how to endure, God. You're my strength and you are my shield. And I know you're working all things together for good according um, to me because I love you and I'm, I'm here for your purpose. And I'm going to lean on your ways. I'm not going to think about what I know, Lord God, but I'm going to trust and lean into you. And so sometimes it's like that. And my children think I'm a little bit crazy. <laughs> but here's the deal. If I left here and I got a speeding ticket, I don't think I could talk myself out of it. But God gave me a tongue to talk myself into truth every day and to trust him. And if faith comes by hearing the word of God, you need to speak it to yourself all the time. And so... so what do we do? You know, what is, what is an action step here? Yes, we can speak the word of God to, to ourselves and over our lives and pray it out and, and call on the Holy Spirit. But there's an ultimate decision that we have to make in that action is to yield and surrender to him. And Jesus did that. He is our model for that. He's the, the example for that. Um, Hebrews 9.14, For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. It wasn't his human ability. It wasn't because he was God's son that he did what he did. It was because of the heavenly strength of the Holy Spirit. For goodness sakes, he and we are so alike. He cried and blood, sweat blood, you know, in the garden the night before he was, when he was arrested. And he cried out and he said, God, is there another way? I mean, Jesus understands us. I mean, he is so human. But then he also shows us to surrender. And that real surrender is being willing to put your faith to work. If Jesus can submit his life to the Father obediently unto death on a cross on our behalf, can we live a surrendered life too? Yes, we can by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be pain and betrayal and loss and sorrow. And Jesus felt all of that in his humanity. But we can willingly entrust that all to God because Jesus showed us resurrection is birthed through that surrender. And so, Romans 8, 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This, the Holy Spirit is the down payment for our resurrection. Resurrection in our life begins today. It begins right now. It can begin right now for you. Okay? It's supposed to start this side of heaven. And friends, life and death, I hope you understand that life and death really is, is riding on what you believe right now. Like Christ, we're going to suffer for the Great Commission. We're going to face trials of all kinds. But I want you to take heart because it's making you an authentic Christian. It's making your faith real, and it's making it strong, and it's giving glory to your Lord as you're enduring through your salvation. And you know what? You're actually meant to, to pass through this fire somehow and minister to somebody else who's walk, who hasn't walked through it yet or who's about to go through it. So what do I want us to take away from this? I want us to take away that the truth is meant to set us free and that this, where the spirit of the God is, there's, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, okay? We are dead in our sin until we understand what it means to be fully alive in Christ. That's the journey of faith. How long is it going to take me to realize I'm fully alive in Christ? Two years, five years, ten years, six months? I don't know. You can, you can do and know a lot about God and walk around with a wounded spirit. You can limp spiritually for years. I know. 
okay? That's not the abundant life that, G- that Jesus died to give you. That's not the abundant life, friends. That's not, that's not the Christian that we're meant to and called to be. So I want you to fight. I want you to fight to believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that you're becoming like him, okay? I want you to fight the sin in your life. I want you to live faithfully and depend on the Holy Spirit to do that because you can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. Pursue God's presence and surrender to his ways. If there's something painful that you're walking through right now, I want you to realize that that pain is a teacher, and that it taught us ultimately what love looks like on the cross, and that is dependency and trust. So don't fight the healing that God wants to do in your life. Um, and don't rebel and be influenced by the lies of the enemy. Because it's robbing you of the life that the Lord really wants you to lead. Um, endure, endure hopefully, and live out your salvation. And that glorifies God. Um, so if you're, like, watching and waiting for God and his sovereignty to just turn everything that mis- feels miserable right, um, I want you to just stand. We're called to just stand um, in the waiting and enjoy the presence and the sweetness of fellowship with Christ right now. Um, and take comfort in, in his promises and take comfort in his presence. So what does this really mean for us? Well, We had that stat at the beginning, right? If 100% of us practicing Christians will know God's truth is the best for our life, we'll know that when um, when we experience the living God because we have sought him and surrendered to him. If we embrace, if we embrace it all, we'll have a deeply intimate and satisfying relationship with God that will sustain us through every trial and situation. That's what we're meant for. It means your home will be a haven. It'll be a refuge for the people in your life. (laughs) It'll be um, a place where your neighbors will find themselves. (laughs) Your family will be the hands and feet of Jesus, okay, loving and leading the lost. This is what we're supposed supposed to look like if we live it out. Your children down the hall who are being who are being poured into and ministered to right now, they're going to embrace the, mes- the mission and the message of Jesus Christ because you believe it and because your home life is transforming, okay? Christ's resurrection will permeate every part of your life. The impossible, we sung about it this morning. I mean, faith makes the impossible possible. We're going to experience freedom and deliverance from sins and strongholds and sickness, and people that are lost in suffering are going to draw near to God through our church because we believed the Lord and we pursued the Lord when every other voice said not to trust him. So I just want to offer you an opportunity. I want to pray with you or have people on our ministry prayer team, if they're in the room, come and pray with you if you feel like you want a fresh outpouring of God's spirit in your life. If there's something that you're going through, I just want you to come boldly forward and not sit and think about how it looks. How does it feel? The feeling of the, of the, of the spirit of, the, of God on your life is so satisfying and so fulfilling, there is nothing like it. It will lead you through every difficulty and trial. So I'm just going to pray this morning, Lord. God, you are loving and merciful and so trustworthy. Lord, you're the shepherd, and you said your sheep know your voice. Help us to see you. Help us to hear you and see you today. Would you show us the beautiful intimacy, God, that comes 
from our vulnerability in your presence. God, we're just going to offer every, every part of our lives for you to heal and transform for your glory. God, would you make us hungry for your righteousness? Would you save us from our sin and just redeem every, every broken place of our life, God? Everything that is broken, would you just touch and heal and redeem? Teach us to trust in your name for deliverance. Teach us to call on it, God. Would you just pour out your spirit upon us today, on each person here, God? I just pray that you would just descend upon them lovingly, Lord, and just speak to their hearts with the conviction that is unique to them, Lord God. Whatever it is that you have for them, Lord, whatever they're walking through, Lord, you know it and you understand it, Jesus, because in your humanity you experienced everything. You experienced everything and yet you surrendered to the loving Father, Lord God. And so I pray that we can live that out in our lives. I pray that we can live that out as a church. God, I ask, Lord, that your glory be manifest through all of the things that we are overcoming by the power of the Holy Spirit and that we would endure, that we would take hold of our salvation as the gift that it is, Lord God, and live um, with a thankful heart, Lord God, as you have called us to. And so I just pray, God, that you would bless each person here today, Lord God, with a, with a greater measure and a greater revelation of knowing you, of knowing who you are, God, in a deeper, more meaningful way. God, let us not walk out this door and be unchanged. I pray we would encounter and confess, Lord God, you today. And just encounter what you're trying to do inside of us, God. I pray that we would believe and we would take hold of it. Lord God, we just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.